Hey yo, hey yo. Welcome back, everybody, to Yo, Let Me Tell You. I'm your host, Chandler, and today we have a very special guest, a really good friend of mine, probably one of my best friends, probably like my best friend, like top, top people in my entire life. Uh, we host a podcast together, we hang out together, we share a birthday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, Tony. Woo, Woo Tony! Yeah, Tony. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Woo, oh, calm down, hey. calm down. Shh, shh, shh. Oh, okay, I understand. Autographs <laughs> at the end. Hey, Tony, man, how are you doing today? Uh, doing, I'm doing all right. How are you? Like, yourself? I didn't ask you that an hour ago when we recorded <laughs> our, an episode of our other podcast. But before we get into all of that, why don't you tell the people who you are and uh, all that stuff? Um, my name is Tony. This is my story. Um, now, uh, <laughs> yeah, my name's Tony. I am Chan's friend. We met. Um, how long ago did we meet? Like five years ago, six years ago? Something like that, like 2015, maybe? 2015, I think, yeah, 2015, I think 15. So it's it's been around five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm a little late to the game on the uh, on his friends list, but I, I came in hard and I'm staying <laughs> and trying to, trying to do my due diligence and, and, and climb the ranks, mm-hmm. uh, put in a lot of hours. But yeah, so I'm just like, <laughs> outside of Sharice, you're like, you're, you're in the top, you're like top three. Hell yeah. I'm climbing. Potentially number one. Last, not entirely sure. Last but time like, you said top five, so I feel better now. Oh my gosh. You're not <laughs> keeping score. Okay. It's on my wall. Oh gosh. Just, my tally marks are going up. I'm like, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, I, um. Uh, I'm just an active person. I guess that's how I describe myself. Um, I love doing things, um, love trying things out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I love I love active activities. I love working out. I love. I just picked up bike riding. Um, like I've had a bike since forever. Since um, since me and Chan lived like across the street from each other <laughs> back in Long Beach. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I rode that bike a total of three times. I think about three times. And um, since I kind of haven't had anything to do recently, I'm like, let me just buy some some parts from my bike, fix it up. And then uh, I've been riding like every other day. Uh, great, so I love it? it. So I, I love getting into new things. Um, and yeah. Yeah, speaking of bikes, I went on a bike ride yesterday, and I rode over some spiny plants, and now I've got to buy new inner tubes. Oh, so nice. <laughs> that's, that's always fun. fun. <laughs> um, but what I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, uh, Tony, you and I host a podcast together um, about something. Com- well, actually, uh, we could probably do a geek out episode about it, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, our podcast is called The Arrow. Why don't you tell everybody about The Arrow for a little the bit? Because I haven't Arrow. talked about it here before. Okay, nice. Uh, so the arrow is a podcast that me and Chandler have been running for two and a half years now. Uh, God, so it's been so long. It's been a very long time. <laughs> uh, we got in the the probably like the mid swing of of the whole po- podcast like fanatic where everybody and their mother was like was running a podcast. Like we mm. we got it like right right before like 
everybody had a podcast, which was nice. Because right. I had been podcasting before that. Yeah, too. exactly. So I mean, I, I we actually I actually tried to jump on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recorded like two or three episodes, and then we scratched the entire thing, and we're like, we're not doing this anymore. I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. That's fine. <laughs> well, now you are now you now you have like several hundred people who listen to your voice. Yeah, all over week. the world, which is kind of insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been two and a half years we've been running this podcast. Um, and yeah, it kind of just started off as a whim. Uh, like I mentioned, I, I just love doing stuff. And Chan originally um, had his friend Henry, our friend Henry. Um, he offered to do it with him first. And then Henry's like, no. So then he kind of just came to me. And I was like, you know what? Like, I love Avatar. Um, like, I wanted to do a podcast uh, with all of you before. So I was like, Let, let's do it. And it was just me and Chance. I was like, fine, that's cool. It's just a little side project. And then it became like everything. <laughs> yeah, we do it like, yeah, honestly, I think like the the two years, like, because we started grad school at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that that podcast kept us in touch for that first two, for the first two years of your grad yeah. school and the entirety of my grad school. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it would have been so much harder to kind of keep up with one another if we weren't you know dedicated dedicating you know this either one hour a week or several hours once a month yeah to just sit down and record one or several episodes of a podcast yeah that's why that's why i really i really enjoyed it and i wanted to stick with it um just because uh well podcasting in general was so like awkward for me like i i felt so weird um i i love face-to-face interactions with people i love talking to people but like when it's like not in person which we had to do a couple times remotely mm-hmm. uh when we first started off because i was in huntington beach and you were in san diego but i but also that's what i really liked about it is that we were able to keep in touch mm-hmm. um because I, I was so like sad when you had to leave yeah when you had to leave and move away for grad school because it was like oh no like like I just became friends with this guy, like, and yeah. then like, and then you got with Sharice, like, uh, a couple months into like me knowing you. So I'm like, and now I'm like becoming friends, like really good friends with her. And now you guys are leaving. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also like, it's hard to find, like, it's hard to find a, f- like, like I have friends who are also couples, but it's like, we either know, we only know like one of them mm-hmm. or like, like only one, like. Like there's couples where it's like, like, oh, I'm friends with this person and then they bring their partner along and I bring Sharice along. And it's not like it's like a, you know, but like this was like a friendship where it's like you, me, Sharice and Steph really enjoy hanging out like all four of us together, you know, and that's kind of hard to find too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird because like me and you are extremely alike, (laughs) like extremely alike. And then after some time we found out that like our, both our girlfriends are like extremely alike. (laughs) And it, it, yeah. it's it's really like it's weird because yeah. like I can literally be like, hey, do would Chan like this? I'm like, well, do I like it? Yeah, okay, then there's like a ninety percent chance that he's going to <laughs> enjoy so this true. as well. It's so true. It's so true. Um, but that that does not always ring true. Um, no, I think I'm I'm putting you through an experiment right now <laughs> that you don't, you're not really vibing with it as much. But that's for that's a conversation for another time. But Anyways, Tony, I'm really glad to have you here on the show. Why don't you introduce to everybody what you're going to be talking about today? Um, I'm going to be talking about breathing and how to breathe. 
it is no, that it? Really? No. <laughs> I, have, I literally don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no, I'm talking about martial arts. Oh yeah, you did tell me this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, me- I mentioned it to you, but it was it's been a while. Got you. Okay, yeah. So give us a little bit of a background of what you're gonna talk about. Um, the way it works is that I'm just gonna kind of jump in and ask questions whenever I have questions and. If, if I'm being rude, let me know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so for me, martial arts has been a big, a big aspect of my life for 10 years now. So I started like a week before my 18th birthday. And I have jumped around a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, for the first f- uh, four or five years, I, I jumped around to different uh, martial arts schools. I started originally in Taekwondo. Uh, I went over to MMA, uh, then kickboxing. And then I eventually found uh, Muay Thai, which is what I've been practicing now for, I think, the last five to six years, off and on. Uh, so over this last 10 years, it, it hasn't been continuous. There has been like a nine-month span, a year span, a second year span that I didn't do martial arts so it's so I, I i have been doing off and on but muay thai is what i've been doing the most and i've kind of learned a lot of different things and seen a lot of different beginners and as well as myself having to learn different um techniques and having to unlearn things uh so that's something that i feel like i've the beginning process of martial arts is something that i have gone through many times and I felt mm-hmm. like I wanted to talk about. Got you, yeah. So I have, I have one, two, 17 questions. <laughs> All right. Okay, just in general. Yes. Um, can you give me an overview, in, like, like, a, like a one paragraph, what is the difference? And this might sound like a stupid question. What's the difference between like taekwondo and kickboxing? I've never known. Um, so Taekwondo, I took Taekwondo when I was like little Mm -hmm. kid and I know that it's like a martial arts that's more centered around the kicks than it is the punches. Exactly. So that is the main difference. So, uh, with every martial arts, there is, um, different forms that you might learn. There's different moves that are legal and illegal. If you're talking in the uh, sports aspect of like going to a tournament or having a official fight or anything like that. So with Taekwondo, um, how people attribute to it, it might be about 70% kicks and about 30% punches. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is what I Taekwondo. Qualif- yes, Taekwondo. So that's what I qualify as a traditional martial art, where um, where I categorize it as like uh, with like karate and kung fu and things like that, where it is quite old and it's a uh, history, and um, and um, there is almost like. It's gone in, in it's 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 formed into almost just strictly sports fighting. So mm-hmm. like for me, the reason I originally left Taekwondo is because I didn't feel like it was something that I could defend myself with. Like oh. yeah, like just the amount of kicks that you do and the lack of defense of your face. Um, that like it it it's really good if you're you know trying to be extremely fast and you're trying mm-hmm. to go to a taekwondo tournament which i did do uh but like if i was out on the street like 
just the 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 manner of fighting was not attributed to like how someone would naturally come at you yeah i guess that that to me begs the question like why why get pulled towards martial arts in the first place me personally yeah yeah um so i remember very very specifically actually uh like fighting in general like i always i was a kid that really enjoyed like power rangers uh ninja turtles and things like that and like seeing seeing people do like martial arts like it was such a amazing aspect for me but growing up i never got into martial arts i was a very hefty kid so just physical activity in general wasn't my forte um so i kind of just missed out on a lot of that of my life um and it wasn't until i was 17 that i was at a 24-hour fitness and i was running on the treadmill and it was like the middle of the day uh on a random day so there the tvs were on and there was like this like criminal minds like show going on in the in, on the tv so i was just watching and i was i was running and it was like a flashback of them interrogating um a kid it looked like he was in his late teens and um it can the flashback shows that he is working at a mall and he's like on the back like hallways where like all the stores are connected and how they kind of get their like stock and stuff in and out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and as he's walking through he sees a group of guys and they're harassing a girl mm-hmm. so he runs up to them and starts yelling at them he's like stop like what are you doing and he's he's not able to do anything in that situation, he wasn't able to do anything to stop them. They actually beat it, beat him up, dropped him to the floor, and the guys, the group of guys, continued to have their way with that girl and right in mm. front of him. Oh my gosh! And as I was watching this show, it it triggered me so bad that like I was going like on the treadmill. I was through that whole scene like i was going faster and faster that i was on a full like 13 like speed sprint like not even realizing it and it just it hit me where i'm like i i never want to be in the position where i can't do something gotcha like no matter where i am no matter who i'm with Mm -hmm. i never want to feel that way yeah so I figured I'm like, what should I do? What can I do? Mm-hmm. So for me, I started lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Like prior to that, I ran. I ran a lot. I, I lost a lot of weight, but I didn't know what to do from there on. So I started lifting weights. And eventually, um, I wanted to start doing martial arts. So I found like the one of the best marsh, the taekwondo um, schools in my area, which mm-hmm. uh, the owner of my original martial arts school uh, was the um, Olympic trainer for the American uh, USA team. Okay, not a bad so, place to start. Yeah, then. <laughs> definitely. So, um, so I was, I was learning from his students specifically, and that's what kind of got me into it and kind of motivated me to continue, even though things were hard, even though things were kind of really embarrassing because when I started in martial arts, I mean, I started in Taekwondo, which when you go into Taekwondo, when you go into uh, karate, like you, most people start that stuff when you're a little kid. Like You're a little kid, yeah. When did you start Taekwondo? Uh-huh. 
I was, yeah, yeah, I, I was, uh, I don't know, like, somewhere between 8 and 10. Exactly. Like, you're, I, you're was, I was really young. young. Yeah. yeah. So I was, and then there's a belt system, right? So it's like right. a white belt, yellow belt. So you're belt. a white belt at the I age of 17. I am a white belt at the age of 17, and I am a fairly big person in general. You're huge. So, you're like, uh, I don't want to say huge. Not like no, that. I, I, was, I, I am huge. Uh, I mean, at the age of. You're like 6'4". Uh, six, almost six three. Okay, so yeah. you're. I I mean, from down here, I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was in fifth grade, I weighed two hundred pounds, and I was already uh five eight or five nine. Oh my gosh. So I have always been a very big person. Uh, mm-hmm. so as at seventeen, I was already I was already six three. Uh, I was I was around one eighty. Um, and I started off with these elementary school kids with these middle school kids, like as a white belt. And it was a very weird scenario, but for me, I'm like, I want to be here because I really want to learn Yeah. and I want to learn from people that are really good. Mm. Um, so I was kind of just thrown to the wolves originally because I had to, since I was so big, like the people who had been doing this for like eight or nine years. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I, I, they weren't going to like you know, make me spar with these like 10 year olds. So I had to spar with the 16 year olds, the 15 year olds, which were the like the next oldest people in the gym who are black belts who have been there for, for a good part of their life. Um, so I had to learn fast and it was very humbling to kind of just be thrown in there, but also be, uh, you know, part of the class be like learning, uh, forms with like people, that are like almost half my age. Yeah. Um, are there, um, this is, the answer is probably yes, but are there <laughs> like, are there like self-defense or martial arts classes that people can get into like as adults? Like specifically oh, for adults? Cause if I'm, I'm like, a, I'm 26. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to, I'm not about to like roll into my old Taekwondo studio <laughs> and be like, yo, I'm dusting out this, this orange belt that doesn't even go around my waist anymore. Like, let's go. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean the martial arts, well, physical fitness in general has, uh, is a booming interest industry within the last uh, decade or so. So I feel like um, martial arts schools or even just self-defense classes have uh, increased dramatically that, I mean, you can definitely find something, something that you truly enjoy in your area, uh, no matter what age you are, honestly. Um, and I think that's, that's the beauty of it because like even at the school, even at the, um, the gym that I am right now, it's called Fight Solutions in Long Beach. Gotcha. Um, we have people that are in their like late forties, like coming in and learning, and then uh, we also have like kids classes where you know like kids as young as three years old are coming in and starting to learn. Um, so I feel like no matter what age you are or what how much interest you have in it, like you can find something. You can find. A specific martial arts or if it's just a self-defense class that fits you and your needs okay mm-hmm. well back to your story so <laughs> you you're 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 17 18 year old yes sparring with like 15 16 year old black belts yes um at what point did you decide like how how long did you do this until you decided like Hey, this is not the thing for me because it sounds like you d- you made that decision at some point. Yeah, so I was 
So I started like a week before my 18th birthday. So I like majority of it was just like when I was 18. Uh, I was there for about nine months. And then I stopped showing up. <laughs> gotcha. And I attribute like there was, there was two main reasons. Uh, one of them was because I, I felt like I wasn't really learning what I wanted to learn. Like, like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier in the podcast where I kind of just didn't see this as a means of self-defense. Mm-hmm. Like I was getting more fit, which I really enjoyed. I was learning right. things, but in, in uh, the means of like defending myself, like out in the world, like I didn't feel like this would, was adequate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then also I had started community college and I was in my first semester of community college and it was fairly overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. So my excuse was that, Hey, like I want to focus on school. And then once, you know, I get a hang of this, like I'll come back. And then I just never came back. <laughs> got you. Got you. Yeah. So what I did was I found a, an MMA school, um, or MMA gym that was fairly close to me and I started training there and I did that for a few months and then I um, signed up for um, for MMA uh, course at my community college so I was like might as well if I can get this and I mean it can count as credit for me might as well do it so I dropped the gym and I went and started taking courses at my community college Gotcha. So I took like two semesters of that. Um, and then I realized that like I don't enjoy ground game. So I don't like the wrestling aspect. Uh-huh. I, I'm really horrible at it and I just don't like it. And I mean, when you're talking about like wrestling or judo or jujitsu, which is all like ground based uh, martial right. arts, um, like someone half my size can take me out easily if they just are more skilled. Got you. But if I'm standing up and I focus on my stand up, like my my power, my strength, my range, can work in my favor so much more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I rather focused on that. So that's when I kind of just went and found a kickboxing gym and stayed there for for almost a year. Then I moved to uh, Long Beach for school, and I didn't do anything for a while for almost a year and then after almost completing my first year um at long beach uh i found um fight solutions which was uh, mm-hmm. formerly known as Chewbox, box and so that's where i've been ever since okay so Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Muay Thai because I've heard you talk about Muay Thai so much, um, and it, it, it's it's crazy. Like I feel like I should know more about Muay Thai from having heard you talk about it so much. But all I know is like, oh, it's Tony. It's it's the class that makes Tony scary whenever he like whenever <laughs> I like pretend to punch him and then he like goes in and makes me want to run away crying for my life. <laughs> like, tell me about Muay Thai, man. I'm like yeah, interested. So, uh, Muay Thai started is a um, is a I don't know. I just truly enjoy it. it. It's a martial art that focuses on. Uh, it's called the eight, de- eight deadly limbs. The eight and deadly limbs. Yes, just because. But I only have four. <laughs> just because in Muay Thai, um, in professional fights, 
you can oh. like in Thailand and stuff. You two can, people, duh. <laughs> oh no, no, no! You can use your hands. So your two hands are, are two. You can use your feet, which are four, and then you can use your elbows, which count as six points now. And then you can use your knees. So that's eight uh, points of contact that you can hit someone with. Yo, this shit's violent. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is absolutely insane. So it's uh, it originated from Thailand. Um, and this was just like most martial arts, a, a, a way for uh, warriors to be able to fight hand to hand combat with they didn't have any sort of defenses of swords or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Thailand, it's their national sport. And individuals will start from as soon as they can walk they can, they will start fighting um mm. and it's very common for individuals to reach the age of 10 and have over 250 professional fights under their belt yeah uh it's it's a way of life for a lot of them because if for families that are dirt poor uh and have no means of getting by they will mm-hmm. literally ha- like have their kids train in Muay Thai gyms just so that they can have enough money to get by and to buy food and to mm-hmm. any necessities. Yeah. So for a lot of them, it is like a truly just a way of life for them. Yeah. Um, and I just happened to go to this gym because I had, uh, I had a friend that I was dorming with. Uh, she found this gym originally and she's like, Hey, you guys want to try it out? A group of us tried it out. And I, and me and her were the only ones that ended up sticking around to huh. continue with it. Uh, so it wasn't that like, I, I was like, Oh, I want to go do Muay Thai cause Muay Thai sounds cool or because it, you know, it focuses on so much part, so many parts of your body or anything. You I did it because just... you're a yes man. And people ask you to do stuff and yeah. you're like, sure, I'll try it. Yeah. I mean, I always want to at least try something. And, uh, I had a history in martial arts. So I was like, you know, might as well start looking for a new gym. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I found. And I, I, I had a lot of trouble with it. It was really hard is really demanding, uh, on your body, but it, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's something I've fallen in love with. Got you. So tell me, so, so, okay some of these boxes that are being checked off right now, yes. right? Like you're, you're a pretty tall guy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say you're like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call you. I don't feel like most people who know you, I don't know how people who don't know you, but <laughs> I don't think most people who know you would say like, Oh yeah, Tony's an intimidating guy. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, also I feel like everybody who knows you would say like, Oh yeah, I definitely feel safer when Tony's walking <laughs> me down the street. Um, not because of just your size, but you're you're really fit. You're really fast, and mm-hmm. you 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 practice fighting yeah. often, like multiple times a week. <laughs> um, and so for for me, I wonder like because I I haven't heard you saying like oh I'm gonna do this like competition like I'm gonna mm-hmm. be in like any of that like I've never heard you do any of that. I'm wondering it does that stuff like not interest you. Or uh, no, it definitely interests me. Um, that kind of goes into my first aspect of like learning martial arts or getting into martial arts is I always feel like there needs to be your why. So with martial arts in general, I think it's a very, there's definitely a learning curve if you want to jump into it. Um, so I feel like attributing a your why uh, and kind of defining that before is very important. So, I mean, individuals, it can be as easy as, like, I want to get in shape. 
Like, I don't want to go lift weights and I don't just want to go run on a track. Uh, martial mm-hmm. arts is an amazing way to get in shape. So that is a definitely like an amazing reason why. Um, there can be the, the route of, I just want to learn a new skill. Like, um, I, I have some spare time and I want to learn something new and it sounds fun. Great. And then there's like people like me where it's just like I want to be able to defend myself. Like I want to be able to be prepared in situations and and kind of be able to do something if anything were to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like really defining your reason why is important, but also making the, those goals. So a lot of people will enter competitions. And I think that is that is a an amazing thing to do is to have something to look forward to. So you can base your skills off of, of like, am I improving? I have uh, three months, six months to to improve or to become better. What do I need to focus on now? And um, like, how do I split that up from from with the amount of time that I still have? So I think setting goals and having competitions to look forward to is great. Like for me, my competitions is not necessarily in martial arts, but it's more of in like um, obstacle races and things like that, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. But for martial arts specifically with Muay Thai, I've never competed. Um, And that's just because my gym is very demanding. Um, In most gyms, actually, uh, like you can't just show up and be like, hey, I want to go fight. Um, because you're trying to fight under... You represent whoever's name is training. Exactly, exactly. So you're representing your gym when you go fight now. Right. Uh, so it's like if, you know, you show up and you're there for a couple months, or if, if you're even there just for a year, like, you might not be able to do it. Uh, and for my gym, very specifically, uh, Chupox is a world-renowned name. Uh, we have some some of the most amazing fighters in the world that come from Chupox because it originated... The gym originated from Brazil, and my uh, head coach is from Brazil. Gotcha. So in Brazil, there's it's huge. Like there's so many gyms everywhere. Like the belt ceremonies to to test for a higher belt. My coach tells me like, dude, yeah, there's like like hundreds. There's like it might be like a thousand people testing because we're we're getting everybody from all the gyms together, and it's like a huge time, celebration. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's insane. Um. So for my gym specifically, it's they what they want is you need to be training at least four to five times a week. Um, and then you need to be part of a training camp, which is, I mean, additional days for the last like six to 10 weeks before your oh fight. Oh yeah. So it's like it takes up a lot of time and for me like i've been you don't have that time yeah i mean yeah i just finished grad school so technically now i have my time uh but yeah like i i had grad school i had work um i had my internships like there was no time for me to kind of commit yeah yeah and um so now i i i would love to like even if it's just a smaller thing like there is a competition i mean Nowadays, I, I really don't know. It's all up in the air with uh, the situations we're kind of living through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every spring, there is a, a competition in Arizona, which is like, you know, very low level. Newbies can kind of just go in uh, under their gym's permission, of course, and and kind of fight in a tournament. And I mean, that's something that I would be definitely interested in. Yeah. Oh, OK. So mm-hmm. it's not that the interest isn't there. It's that the the level of commitment was not able to be reached. at Exactly. The time. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Um, 
so okay also tell me tell me a little bit about like okay i want to know like some of these like exciting moments from muay thai like i'm sure you have like moments in which you've been practicing or sparring and you were like yo that spar was so sick or like like today it today at the the gym was like super sick or I, (laughs) i was able to pull this off or you know i was sparring with this dude and we you know we started getting like really aggressive. We started going at it or I don't yeah. know, like what does so it, what does that look like? There's definitely those times where hyper aggression happens. Um, where, I mean, when you're in a, uh, my gym specifically, what I truly connected with, uh, was that we spar every day. Mm-hmm. So you might, I think that's also something very important once you kind of, um, feel like you want to do martial arts or feel like you want to get into some classes is to kind of figure out like what's their breakdown of the class uh because i was definitely a lot of my other gyms there's like oh uh only no sparring or only sparring on wednesday so if you come to wednesday's class you can spar at the end but if you don't then you're out of luck and for me and i feel like for a lot of people it's just like i want to practice what i'm learning right like if i'm learning this stuff like imagine that it's like imagine learning how to play basketball very well uh-huh. but never playing in a game yeah or never even being able to do like a pick a game with your friends right 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 so it's like am i good is this working like <laughs> uh so that's why i really enjoy mine because like towards the end like we always spar And we have the opportunity to practice exactly what we learned that day or things that you've been working on yourself or anything like that. So I really enjoy that. But there's definitely instances where there's like some hyper aggression where you might have gotten someone in the face really clean uh, and they felt like you might have been going too hard because, of course, it's it's you know, it's just practice. So you're not going full force like you're going like Mm -hmm. 25 percent. But so there is. uh, what I what I tried to do, what I tried to do in the past was switch foot. So in a, in in stand up, like stand up martial arts, which is gotcha. anything that you're uh-huh. kind of just standing up. Not not stand up comedy. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> there is um, you try to find your base. So gotcha. that's that's always what you try to do at the very beginning. Once you very first start your very first classes, you're gonna try to find your stance and your base. Mm-hmm. So for me, since I'm left handed, um, I yeah. I do southpaw. Uh, okay. So there's orthodox, which are individuals who have their left hand in the front and their sh- their dominant hand towards yeah. the back. So that yeah. you can like swing with full force. Yes. Got you. Mm-hmm. And then th- for me, since uh, I know <laughs> so for me, since I am a southpaw, that means that my dominant hand, my left hand is towards the back and then that my right hand is in the front. Does that mean, okay, I'm trying to like picture this. Your mm-hmm. right hand is in the front. That means that if I'm squaring up against you, yeah. like it's a mirror. Both, it's a, yeah, it's a mirror. Yes. That feels like it's hard to defend against. Uh, it's really different. So most people, most people are going to fight right handers or going to fight right handers. And like most likely than not. Uh, but for me, when I come in, it, it's always mixed up and people have to kind of think a little bit more. Uh, so for me, I always practice against right, almost all the time I'm practicing against right-handers. So it's advantage for me because I'm used to it, but for everyone yeah. else, they don't always get to that practice. So yeah. it gets a little bit different because even like um, your lead hand, so like for me, my lead hand is my um, right. my right hand. That means my lead foot is also my, my right foot. 
So even for us, like both our both our feet are gonna be both our lead feet are gonna be like almost touching when we fight sometimes. Oh, okay. So kicks and things there. like that, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kicks and stuff like that are going to be more aggressive and more um, more effective because gotcha. your leg is a little bit more closer to mine now. So then switch foot is kind of like like so switch have you ever foot seen is the being anime Prince of Tennis where he like where he like <laughs> will swing with his he'll like switch hands when he's like playing no. tennis. Like, no, okay. No. But yeah, so switch foot is being able to go back and forth of, with uh. your stance. So it's going southpaw, orthodox, southpaw, orthodox, depending on like what moves you're using, depending on um, uh, the situation and everything like that. So it's way more fast paced, uh, but it is hard to keep like proper form because you're not, you know, practicing, practicing evenly on both sides, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I remember this one instance where there was someone else that was a switch foot. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we were sparring and we started getting aggressive, aggressive, harder yeah. and faster and faster. And we were doing switch foot. So for switch foot, like it's almost like you don't have to reset. So when mm-hmm. you fight someone, you might like throw a combo, a combination of like two, two punches and a kick or something, you know? Right, but then, but then maybe your right foot, because you're left-handed, uh-huh. th- maybe your right foot ends up in front after that combo is over, and then you have to back up to yeah. get yourself back into yeah, exactly. Position. So it's like you almost you almost have to reset after the combo that you thought you're going to throw. Oh, but switch foot's like but an endless foot, combo. Yeah, so you can go, you can keep going from that single spot. Oh. And it's so it's like the Diddy Kong Infinite in Smash exactly. Bros. Exactly. So I just imagine like <laughs> two people like fighting. And you're expecting them to kind of, you know, break it up, take take that breath, reset, and then go back in. Uh, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it just felt like, like an anime where you're just, like, punching each other, kicking each other, and just, like, continuously going. And it's going faster and faster. And no one, like, neither one of us wants to kind of back down. Yeah. Wait, so you went switchfoot against someone else who was switchfoot? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> that is... That is ridiculous. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. See, to me, that like, there's like this aspect where I was like, I I'd like to learn how to fight, mm-hmm. you know, like like organized fight, you know, <laughs> um, but also, like that part's like scary. It's like sparring against someone. It's like I don't know. Do I really want to do that? So that's really funny because it's, I feel like that is a common reason why people don't want to get into martial arts, mm-hmm. is because it's like I'm, you know. It's a terrifying thing to get hit in the face. Like, yes. It, it's, I mean, that's, it's, it's just human nature to, like, not want to get hit in general, right? Right, right. Um, and when, you, when people first start learning martial arts, it's really funny uh, because you can see it. You can, you can truly see, like, the fear that they have and, like, the way they act. And, um, and, and I mean, in Muay Thai, like... Um, you never want to expose your back. So it's never like you're turning away from someone completely for, for any reason other than like to do a specific move. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when we, when we have people sparring that like are like two, three weeks in, like, of course, like for us, we're not gonna, like, you're not going to throw you into sparring your very first day. <coughs> Or even maybe even your first week. Wait, we might ask you like, hey, or do you feel comfortable doing so, or do you just want to watch? And if you don't feel comfortable with it, no one's forcing you to do it. Uh, but after a while, we might recommend you like, hey, like, 
might go in with this person that's also you know relatively new that's been here for a couple months or they might put you with someone like me uh, that has a lot of experience but knows oh, exactly scary. how to control it so that's yeah. for me like it, yeah it's very intimidating to go against me like people like it's really funny because like we have these uh we have these teenagers right now since we're still our gym is still open but we're training like with masks we've been doing social distancing for a while we barely started kind of holding uh, mitts for each other but mm-hmm. now we're outside in the park so we're like open air uh, areas and stuff mm-hmm. uh, but we have these teenagers uh they look like they're probably like 12 or 13 or so okay and uh so we were finally doing like just like some head movement drills um so uh when when our coach kind of paired us up he like he like put me and him together he's like oh great <laughs> it's like bro like, <laughs> like i'm not i'm not here to beat you up i'm not here to hurt you i'm here for you to learn yeah. uh so it's really just like for me like i know my amount of control and i'm not gonna go super hard on anyone that doesn't know what they're doing uh gotcha. so for me it's really just like making sure they they feel comfortable uh giving them tips on it when they first start like learning how to to know like even just learn like what to do in general but there is that fear that people have of getting hit in the face and for when i see it uh my recommendation that i that i tell someone i was like okay this is what you're gonna do you're gonna go home you're gonna buy a pool noodle right you're gonna okay. cut that thing in half and you're gonna find okay. someone to practice with you anybody and what you're gonna do is you're gonna give them those two halves of the pool noodle and all you're gonna do is be like try to hit me in the face or try to just like whack me so I'm not not okay. like stabbing in in the face, but just like very wide arc, like try to kind of like hit me yeah. on my side. And like and like getting hit in the face with a pool noodle like can hurt if you get like smacked with one, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna be like this damaging experience. Exactly, it's not gonna be su- It's not like you can try to hit someone super hard with a pool noodle. And it's like it might hurt, but it's not gonna be like detrimental. It's it's gonna sting for a few minutes, yeah. maybe. Uh, but yeah, so it's like, don't tell them to go full force. Uh, and, um, but what, what you're truly trying to work is your flinch reaction is because when people, when people first start off and they're, they're like seeing a fist come to their face, a lot of times people just like close up and they completely cover or they turn their face away or they almost like try to run away from it. But it's really just trying to control your reaction to that. And understand that like there are things that I can do in return. There's a block that uh, that I might have learned within my first week that I can do now. And it's really getting someone to not panic when something like that is happening, but understand that they're to start thinking and to start trying to process what is happening rather than just be like, oh sh- oh shit, like I don't want to get hit. Oh, yes. so it's about it's about it's about learning new information. Mm-hmm incorporating that new information and And applying it (laughs) and applying it exactly so it's really just but it's it's hard because like we like i mentioned before it's it's going against your natural reaction right but i think that's the safest way that i can think of like trying to practice is just having someone yeah you know do it in a very controlled environment of like having a pool noodle and just trying to like you know, like hit you in the side of the head, not hard, not fast, but just so you can start getting that reaction of like, this is going to happen. And I still remember the first time I got hit in the face and like how like, like 
it like I did not have words. I didn't know what was happening. I was like, oh my god, I just got hit in the face. Like that's not some that's not a normal thing for people. Like for me, yeah. I'm like yes, that happens like on a weekly basis for me. Uh, but uh-huh. in a normal circumstance, like people aren't like, yeah, I just got hit in the face. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was once I started doing kickboxing. Um, so like in Taekwondo, like I, I got kicked in the side of the head, like a lot, but like, mm-hmm. it wasn't too scary after the first couple or whatever, but like, I feel like a punch to the face is, is different. Uh, yeah. so, and when I did it, it was like a, it was an older dude. He's probably like in his like early thirties and he were, mm-hmm. I was finally like officially sparring with someone and I was super panicked. I my heart was racing. Like I went in like guns a blazing and they're like, Hey, like, this is just like, you know, this is just a sparring. Like you don't have to, you know, go super hard. I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm just super nervous. Like, okay. Like, yeah, yeah I'll do, I'll do, I'll, okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then like, I left myself open and he just like straight, just boom like punched me directly in my face dead center and then i just threw my arms in front of me and i was like what happened <laughs> what is going on yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but yeah like it's it's like anything else like once you do once you get that first one out of the way it gets so much better because it's just yeah. like you, yeah you, you start to process like we both have gloves on um, we're in a controlled environment. This person's not trying to kill me. Um, hopefully. And yeah, yeah, hopefully I, there's been instances where there's been some hyper aggressive people that have given me like black eyes cause they're, they've taken it way too far. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but it, it's just no understanding that like, th- that's the worst of it. Like just getting yeah. hit in the face. Yeah. Honestly, what you're saying to me right now makes a lot of sense. I've taught a lot of people how to like skate in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that people are always afraid of when they're trying to skate is falling. Yeah. It's like, I'm so afraid to fall. And in fact, like I, I would almost go as far to say, I kind of like falling when I'm <laughs> skating. It kind of reminds me of like what I'm doing. And I'm not like a super hard fall that could kind of kill you, but like yeah. when you're going at like a decent speed and you're like, you know, it reminds me to be careful and it reminds me of like what I'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. to like keep myself safe when doing it. and like falling is just kind of this reminder of like, oh, I'm here. I'm alive. Like <laughs> it's like and it like honestly doesn't hurt maybe nearly as much as people think it will when you fall yeah. off of the skateboard. And I don't know. I imagine getting hit in the face in uh, Muay Thai to be a very painful experience, but maybe I'm just over exaggerating it in my head. That's the thing. It's like not painful. <laughs> like, like think like. Cause you're wearing gloves uh-huh. and uh, a lot of times what people are wearing is like 16 ounce gloves, which are pretty padded. So like it, it's like almost the equivalent of getting like hit in the face, like with a thick pillow. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I wouldn't be like, ow, oh my God, that hurt so bad. It's like, Oh, like you, you hit me in the face with a pillow. Like, yeah. Oh, like, like it's, it's a shocking because thing. Of the gloves. Yeah, but it's not like, like, I've never, I, like, in most training sessions, about, like, 98% of my training sessions, like, it, like, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Unless, it's like, it's a very, like, particular, like, right in, like, dead center eye. And yeah. I, like, I, like, stepped into it so there's more force than usual. Right. Or, but kicks, kicks are the things that definitely hurt. <laughs> so, we're getting to, we're getting to that point in the podcast where, it's like it's like do you got any kind of final thoughts or like last little mm-hmm. bits you wanted to talk about um yeah, of course. i'm wondering 
so the only thing that I definitely wanted to talk about was um, uh, kinetic energy. Okay. So do you know what kinetic energy is? Yeah, well, from a physics standpoint or <laughs> anything like that, kinetic energy is energy that is being expended, right? Things mm -hmm. in motion have kinetic energy, while uh, things that are like at rest do not have kinetic energy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when we, when individuals in martial arts talk about kinetic energy, it's the the flow of that energy from one point to the next. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, when I throw a punch, where do you think that like strength or power is coming from? Right. Well, um, I would assume it's from like maybe like the like elbow or the shoulder. Exactly. So most people think like if I'm throwing a punch. It's coming from like my arm or my bicep or my shoulder because I'm rotating, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what if I told you that a, a, a single punch starts at your foot? I mean, that would make sense to me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, no, but it, yeah. it does make sense. Like if I'm, if I'm like, I mean, multiple, t you've seen me now, multiple times mm -hmm. I'm like squaring up in front of my microphone um, <laughs> and I'm like pretending to punch and I'm like, okay, yeah, like I, it's it's like a split second thing, but it's mm -hmm. like the twitch of your foot as you slightly rotate your leg, mm -hmm. as you begin to rotate your body. Like the rotation exactly. starts from the ground. Yes. So that's where that's what that's what I'm talking about when I talk about kinetic energy. It's that flow, that start point, that accelerates uh, and it increases your power. So which a lot of people just don't think about whatsoever when you're fighting. Um, I know a lot of people when they start fighting uh, and we talk about footwork, 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 like how important it is to pivot on your feet and to turn your legs and your hips and everything. Like a lot of people just kind of throw that out the door and they just start like punching or they just like throw a random kick or things like that. Mm -hmm. But not understanding that those are like the fundamental things that can make someone like, like we have girls um, at our gym that are like 14 years old and they can destroy me. Not just because they're faster than me, but because their form is so <coughs> impeccably amazing wow. that their kicks are easily as strong as some of my kicks. Wow. And yeah, and they're like a 14-year-old girl versus me who is good form can possibly do for you. Okay. I lost you there for a second, but I, I, I got the gist of what you were saying. You were saying basically like um, that these these girls are, are, are so powerful not because of their physical strength or their stature, mm -hmm. but because they they use the energy that they put into their movements to the best of their ability. Exactly. So that's mm -hmm. that's that's where it is. Like when when I try to tell people that like like your start of your punch starts with your foot, it's a very it's a very weird thing to say and a hard thing for some people to understand. But like a punch, like a lead punch, might start with your foot rotating, and then that rotation continues into your leg, which goes into your hip rotation, which goes into your back, right. into right. your shoulder, and then it goes all the way to the point of impact. So it's truly mm -hmm. understanding that your entire body is working as one to try to get as much force and strength into your strikes as possible. And how yeah. I try to explain it is... Or an example of it is like a whip, like a crack of a whip. So like when, when you're trying to crack a whip, um, you're not like th grabbing the very end and kind of just like flinging it at someone. And, you know, hopefully it has a lot of force or your speed, right? 
uh, you're starting at the handle. So you're yeah. cracking the, the handle and you're, you're, you're flicking it. And as it goes all the way down the length of the whip, it's accelerating and grabbing more power. And that's exactly right. like with what happens when you're punching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's extremely important. And there's still things that I'm learning, like being in, being in martial arts for 10 years, I'm still learning some f- basic <laughs> things and some fundamentals yeah. that kind of yeah. just like go completely over my head when people are telling me about punches or my, my hip rotations or my placements and things like that, which is so incredible. I'm like, how did I not know this? Like, this seems like such a basic thing to do where like my hip movement needs to follow my shoulders when I'm throwing a punch or something. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, when, when people, if you ever start martial arts, when people tell you like form is important, like truly focus on that. Like don't try to focus on full power. Like a lot of people do with their kicks and stuff like that. It's truly understanding like your form and having perfect form when you start off can take you a long way. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, honestly, like going back to like playing music, uh, like playing trumpet, uh, the, the, the most important thing about how you play isn't, isn't even at the con, like people are like, Oh, it's like, where your fingers going when you were like playing the right notes. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's not it. It's like, okay, it's about like your embouchure and like how you put the mouthpiece on your mouth. And it's like, no, that's not it. The most important thing about how you play a wind instrument um, is more often than not how and where you breathe to. Mm-hmm. Um, because everything that comes, you can have, you know, everything else can be perfect. But if you're breathing poorly, and you're and you're controlling your breath poorly. The sound that's going to come out of the horn is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, sa- same sounds like the same concept. Yeah. So, I like that. I think I can use that in <laughs> more areas than just learning martial arts. Yeah. Tony, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. Uh, I'm a little interested in. You know, this is what I love about this podcast. Every single time that someone talks about something. I find myself more interested in that thing, whether or not I had an interest in it in the first mm-hmm. place. Um, so uh, I hope everybody else listening today like took some notes and uh, if they want to go and find like a gym to like to learn how to fight or learn how to defend themselves or just learn more about martial arts, they can maybe feel a little bit more inspired after listening to this. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that's what I really wanted to do with this is to. Uh, kind of i've i've had that beginner role at different gyms so many so many times and understanding that fear that a lot of people have but really understanding that like some of the most friendly people that i've ever met were at these gyms (laughs) and like like even though you might have like some big tattooed bald dudes coming up to you like they're super nice and kind and it's a scary environment to go into at first but understanding that like you have to start somewhere. And if you truly have an interest with it, might as well try mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Tony, for coming on the podcast. Uh, why don't we close this out like we like the way you and me know how to close this out. Okay. Uh, my name's Chandler. My name's Tony. And I will catch you all next time. Bye. Bye. 
Okay, thanks so much, Tony, for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you, buddy. Uh, he let me know that he wants you guys all to go check out our Instagram and Twitter at The Arrow Pod for our podcast called The Arrow. It's about Avatar The Last Airbender, and if you like that show, you'll probably like that podcast. Thanks so much. Yo, Let Me Tell You is recorded and edited by me, Chandler Riley. Special thanks to Mark and Cabo for composing and recording all of our music. Show him some love at Mark and Cabo on Instagram and search up his YouTube, Mark and Cabo. If you like our show, let me know on Twitter and Instagram at SleevesMcFly and follow me at twitch.tv slash SleevesMcFly to keep the conversations going while I play video games, of course. Thank you all for listening, and I hope to see you next time. Bye-bye.